Blog Talk Radio. to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcasting the geek girl's perspective. Please tell me you guys can hear me. Yes. Please. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good, because my phone said, you are not connected. Call in the host. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. So, I'm here. so that's good. Okay. So, yes. So we are here. This is part two of Animation August, something we've been doing now on Sexy Witches since we've been doing it from the beginning. And since this, there's not one, but two Batman animated films that have, are coming out of space about a month from each other. One already came out and one's coming up. I decided for this Animation August, we are going to talk about one of my favorite animated things ever on television. And that for me was... Batman the Animated Series. Not only was it influential and changed the lexicon and the rogues gallery forever, it also was its it still uh, holds up to this day as some of the best writing in Batman and clearly the best vocal work, and we'll talk about that. Behind his all, behind the man, was the man named Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim was the creator of the animated DC Universe. He produced it with the original Batman the Animated Series, and of course it grew onto several different kinds uh, of shows going Justice League Unlimited, Green Lantern, we can go on, plus a lot of great movies as well. Uh, DC Universe thrived under Bruce Tim. He took a little time off, and then he came back this summer with his first produced uh, Harley and Batman, which is on VOD right now and is about to come out on DVD um, today, actually. So... Before we get into all that, though, let me talk to my sexy witches and see how they're all doing. So, let's first talk to my sexy witch. She was off last week, so we'll bring her on first. Uh, she's in Seattle, 
And she's doing her thing in Seattle, and her new thing is called Jump Scares. It's her YouTube channel. She's on episode number eight, so check it out if you haven't seen it. If you don't watch her on YouTube, you can also read her in print in Long Living Dead magazine. She's a LARPer. She loves Harley Quinn, and we'll talk about Harley Quinn quite a bit on this episode, I am sure. And, of course, she's just a regular badass sexy werewolf werewitch. Queenie Todd, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> Want to howl? Yeah, yeah, of course. Him, <laughs> him. Ow! That's why I tune in. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So. How has Seattle been treating you? You said you've been super, super busy. What are you busy doing? Well, I've been busy just doing a lot of stuff for the YouTube channel that I started up again. Um, I've steadily been doing videos, which is awesome. Um, I've been having regular art days with my best friend, sister, soulmate person. (laughs) You know, and um, yeah, I've just been like crazy busy. Because I'm trying to actually put myself out there and and just do it. <laughs> Yay! Right on. And so I've got really weird videos that I make on my YouTube channel, but they're entertaining, I think. <laughs> oh well, they're 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 edited. You edit the crap out of those, man. I've watched them. They're yeah. they're just like you're cutting like a crazy woman. And not only that, I also know you had to figure out how to cut so YouTube wouldn't cut anything from you. And, that, yeah. and that's a talent unto itself. So now you've got that down. So you're rocking yes, it. So, I'm trying. So keep up the good <laughs> fight, man. Content providers united. All right. Hell so yeah. hold on to that. I got to move on and bring on a couple more people, and then we'll continue. We got a couple things to talk about before we get to our juicy uh, Bruce Tim talk tonight. Uh, so let's go across the East Coast to Virginia and talk to my girl in Clifton Ford. She is my partner in crime at most of the East Coast Monster Mania conventions. We've been doing a lot of those lately. Uh, she also is, you can see her on Plan 9 from Outer Space Remake as a featured zombie. This girl is everywhere and everyone, and meet Lucia at our local media convention, rocking it as a volunteer, in front, behind, they are anywhere. Find her. Look for her. The sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I found out. I found out at this last uh, convention that I have a reputation, apparently. Like, some people came up to me and were like, you're Aaron. And I'm like, I am. How do you know this? <laughs> oh, hey, know me by name. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> run away. <laughs> run away. Uh, I don't have that sound effect. That would be awesome right now. Run away. Okay. So so how is Virginia um, been treating you? Very good. I've been back almost a week. I was in Pennsylvania for a week, which was nice. Yeah, you just went to Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Tell me what that was about. Oh, man. (laughs) That was good. Let me just say that my uh, photo op with Kate Beckinsale, it looks like I'm with a wax mannequin. She's so fucking perfect and beautiful. (laughs) And every single picture she was taking, like she lifted her foot up like a second before it was shot. (laughs) Ta-da! It was just a little pop of the heel. Uh, poor Val Kilmer looked 
awful. Be oh. prepared for this because you're going to cha- you're going to uh, Hunt Valley next week, right? Uh, I I've seen some of the photos from Ostromania, and he looked gaunt. It really concerns me. Like like his clothes were falling off of him. He kept his earphones in the whole time, and I think it was so people wouldn't have like he wouldn't have to respond to people, because I heard him try to talk to the person in front of me when we were getting our autograph, and it's barely audible. Well, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I still love him, and I hope he is feels better if he's ill if he gets better, and I hope to see him at Monster Mania. Yeah. So it, it's throat cancer like Michael Douglas had. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't go to any of the panels <laughs> because I was very, very, very busy that weekend. But um Comic Con, uh San Diego Comic Con, they had their it uh virtual reality bus there. So we got oh, to go through cool. that, which was nice. So what True. how was that? So it was nice because I, I I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, I mean, when you first get into the bus, they have you waiting in this, uh, like, tunnel that's like a sewer, and it sprays you with water, and it fucks with you before you go (laughs) in. And you put on these virtual reality helmets, and it just, it takes you through the sewers. You go down through the sewers, and you see, like, balloons popping with blood, and it, like, pops up right in front of your face. It's great. I was, like, studying his makeup work. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is really good. (laughs) So um, that's awesome that you got to do that. I'm sorry to hear about Val Kilmer. I hope he gets better. On the positive side of Monster Mania, uh, Marilyn just announced two sets of names today. Uh, one of them, which was at your Monster Mania, uh, is Soska Sisters. I've never been to a, a convention with the Soskas there. So, uh, so they got announced today. And one of my favorites, uh, Dina Myers from Starship Troopers is going to be there. Um, she's one of my favorite actresses. I love her so much. And she sang Shake It Off to me at awesome, the first Awesome Con I went to. Uh, that was the Starship Troopers panel with Rico Ruffnick. It was so good. It was the guy, yeah, the guy <laughs> played, it was uh, Castor Van Dien, Dina Myers, and the guy who played Clarence Watkins, which was my boss's name. So we used to really make fun of him a lot when I was in the park service. Watkins, you were trying to be a hero, Watkins. No, sir, trying to kill some bugs, sir. Sorry, I digress. (laughs) Anyway. uh, All right. Other than that, that, Peter Weller was awesome. Um, Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I heard him talking to a film geek in front of me about how he learned some things from Dario Argento in the um, directing department. And he opened up like a flower as soon as I was like, you know, the episodes that you directed of Sons of Anarchy were the best ones. And he just like, he blossomed. (laughs) He talked a lot. I don't think I absorbed much, but it was just fun to be talked at by RoboCop. (laughs) Well... I, I want to tell him about it. Uh, at, at where I worked in Morristown, uh, not too far from where you were, Aaron. You know, I took you there, right? The Jockey Hollow unit. You yeah. know where the where the woods are. There was a video, a film that used to play in the visitor center there, about 15 minutes about the soldiers in the huts. And in the very very beginning of that, Peter Weller is the deserter in that film, and he runs away. It's one of the oh, first like- things he's ever done and the story goes because it was slightly before my time is he went on a, a looking spree 
uh, to find it. And we had a copy, and he got a copy, and then he sent one of us, I don't know who has it, uh, a signed copy of RoboCop 2 poster somewhere. Nice. So somewhere in the park, yeah, somewhere, somebody has it. We don't know what happened to it. Anyway, I've always wanted to tell him that story and see his end of it. You know, because I have this piece. I want the other piece. So anyway, so I digress again. I'm all excited about your lineup. So, Well, the other one that was really interesting was Jonathan, and I can never pronounce his name correctly. Is it Kukukuan? I don't know. He was short round in Temple of Doom. He was in the oh, Goonies. Yeah. But he was telling us all kinds of stories. Like he loved talking about the Goonies. He was talking about how when they built the pirate ship on the closed set that they had, um, uh, each one of them had a handler to walk them backwards down the tunnel and throw them into the water so that when they popped up was the first time they saw the pirate ship. Nice. Uh, it sounds like it was uh, – I, I would love to listen to him talk about Goonies especially because that movie is actually one of my – you know, it's got some of the best child performances in the 80s in it, by far. Uh, you know, and that's something that Spielberg – we were talking about on another show um, recently to blend in and bring all of you all in. I got one more person to bring you on, Aaron. We got to bring the other Aaron on, and then we got to bring you all in for a really important chat. So on my other side of the coast, we go back to the Southern California. We got my cousin, the LA correspondent. He is Aaron Kogan, the singing waiter. <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> but, um, but he is a pin trader, and um, he's our, our media convention geek extraordinaire on the, on the, in the um, – Buena Vista area of California. I was just there a few a month ago to see him, and it was awesome. We went to Disneyland for a day, which was an adventure. I'm still recovering <laughs> from weird rashes from the water, believe it or not. I've I've been breaking oh out every time. Yeah, I know. I don't know what still. happened. I, I go- I got the Disney rash. I know there's this legendary Disney rash, but I guess I got it. So, you know, but it was still a lot of fun. And Lily, you know, we have memories. And, uh, you know, it's always fun when, when Aaron and I were trying to stump each other on trivia. Once in a while, I'd throw something out, and he'd usually get it right. And then he'd throw something out at me, and I'd get it right. We were all pretty right, usually. Sometimes I yeah. was off maybe a, a cunt hair. But, you know, that's about <laughs> it. So how has how how is your life been treating you last month? Pretty good. We're roasting alive out here in triple digits, record heat. We're breaking all kinds of records. But other than that, life is beautiful. Well, that's fabulous. And thank you for coming on um, kind of last moment because, uh, uh, unfortunately, my uh, guest had to drop out. Uh, she was in Atlanta, and uh, Dragon Con is staring everybody in the face, and they're in panic mode. So yeah, we we do that. <laughs> you know, so we'll talk about Dan oh, a little yeah. bit later. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan I, of uh, uh, the DC animated movies and series, and especially Batman the animated series. Uh, I have a Batman joke for if you want. Oh well, okay. So we, go for it. Okay, go ahead. Tell tell you. All right, your joke. All right. Here's, here's here's my Batman joke. Okay. What does Batman keep in his freezer? What does cat? I don't know. What does Batman keep in his freezer? Just ice. <laughs> okay. Come on, that is a great <laughs> joke. <laughs> that is the best 
best Batman joke ever. I like that joke. It was a good joke. I like it. Yeah, it took me a second. I was like, oh, it is solid, man. All right, well, fist bump to you all the way on the West Coast. But before we get into the more fun talking about, because obviously we're going to have a lot to talk about, um, Batman's always a good subject. Uh, But uh, first things first, of course, um, so we got rocked again. Like, George A. Romero passes this year, and we're all really, really bummed about this. And and I've had the icon for George Romero as my profile since it. I just, you know, it's about respect to the man, you know, and what he meant to horror geeks and to genre in general, how important his film was, whether you like it or not, it's an important film. Uh, so I, you know, and so yeah, you know, this weekend I wake up this morning, first thing Sunday morning, and I look down and it goes, uh, you know, Toby Hooper dead at 74. And I'm like, why am I changing Romero with Toby Hooper? We've lost two, well, boom. But I, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I already talked about it, actually. I was on the Necrocasticon, um, which is a shout-out, Tommy Clark and my boys. Um, thank you for having me on. We talked about, uh, you know, unusual uh, films of Toby Hooper. But I don't know if people really understand what Toby Hooper meant to, especially the modern horror fan. Like, I, I was, I'm the Toby Hooper fan. I am, I really love his work, by the way. I absolutely love most of his movies. Uh, but mm. there are people that he's like the Bible. He is the beginning and end mm. of film school, of writing, of framing, of tracking. He does all these on no budget. You know, and he produces effective scares, and he's not. And and even though maybe some of his later stuff after you know was was not you know doesn't hold up to the earlier stuff. You, but that's true of most monsters. But he had that solid body of work from the seventies to the late eighties, and and we got to witness some of his stuff. And it was so funny because it was like in places you wouldn't expect. Like like Poltergeist, for example. I mean, all of us thought yeah. we were seeing a nice little Spielberg movie, and you know, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, not at all. I watched Life Force uh, you know. last night. Oh well, tell us yep. how how was that the how do you like that oh. movie, Matilda May? Oh my God, it's so great. Even though some parts are kind of very eighties, you know, oh. and it kind of <laughs> bleeds into the film, it's still really great. I love it. There's some genuine creepy moments in it. Love it. And, and Matilda May is so beautifully photographed in that movie. I mean, uh, she's like, you know, she's, gorgeous. It's not just she's not. It's not that she's gorgeous, Stephen. I mean, that's part of it, clearly. I mean, oh my god. But it's also the menace. Just, just how like she doesn't yes. have two fucks to give, and she doesn't let anything bother her at all. She is completely calm through the entire situation, and, and it's totally like cool. holy, yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty cool stuff. I really enjoy it. Sexually charged, uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Stewart in a small role. Uh, yeah, you know, what surprised like, me? Yeah, a really small role for Patrick Stewart, but that's always a good thing, uh, you know. So, yeah, I really like Life Force and some decent special effects. I actually think they could do, mm-hmm. like, the space stuff actually looks pretty good. You know, yep. it doesn't look any, wor- any worse than any other film in that time period. Matter of fact, I would actually say they probably put out quite a bit of money into it. Oh, I bet. Cause that is, those yeah, I seem to remember really- it had a big budget at the time. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. It, it, so we're we're um on the scale of of Toby Hooper dumb and fandom, where do you put your love of Life Force, um, Queenie? My love of Life Force. Yeah. Uh, it's not quite Texas Chainsaw, but it's definitely better than that remake he did. What was it called? It was a newer remake he did. I didn't like it. Oh, the, to- the Toolbox Murders? Yeah, I didn't like it. I'm, I like the old version. Just, just how I feel. <laughs> well, the the old version's a video nasty. It has its own level yep. of importance. So exactly. We, we, yeah, um, the video nasties are going to play into this year's madness again, by the way. And by the way, I am going to be dropping hints tonight on the madness because I've been writing the madness rules. I started writing them this like week. Like crazy? So I, right. Yeah, and, you, and, and if you're on the judges thread, Queenie, you'll go see I've dropped a bunch of rough drafts. So, okay. uh, you know, uh, uh, the bonus points are done. Wild cards are done. Yeah, you've been dropping some really intriguing hints lately, too. Yeah, I've got (laughs) – we're going to have tonight at the top of the community calendar, like one or two things in, I'm going to give an early bird special tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have our first Madness event. Oh, excellent. Now, 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 and we'll get to that later because it's about special screenings. So, anyway – we're going to keep on going on this, but I, I'm just like, I've been like kind of bummed. I was like, you know, I'm playing so Poopy died. And people are like, who is he? Who is he? I was like, well, have you seen Poltergeist? <laughs> oh, yeah. Some, they, you know, everyone's seen Poltergeist at least. But, you know, mm. I, I like some of his gun for hire things. If you listen to the Necrocasticon, I talked about I'm Dangerous Tonight, which was a USA movie. He, they made for TV movie he did starring the girl from Sleepwalkers and Anthony Perkins and Dee Wallace are in it. And it's like nobody remembers this movie but me. It's about this psycho dress. <laughs> Like, there's this, like, guy unearths an evil red cape, and then she, like, the innocent girl makes it into a hot red party dress and becomes a whorish person. And that's her own words, by the way. And, and then, but if you're a really bad person or you have lower inhibitions, like, you know, like the typical slasher tropes, you do drugs, you have sex, you become a raving maniac and you murder people, right? And Dee Wallace gets to play the mean girl in this. So, you know, she doesn't usually get to do that. And this is late 80s, too. Or actually, it's not even late 80s. It's wow. 1990. So she gets to actually be the villainess in the movie for a bit. It's kind of cool. So, uh, spoiler alert. So look for I'm Dangerous Tonight. <laughs> it's not available anywhere. I'm sure somewhere on – I hope someone on YouTube has posted it or something. Hint, hint. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> so anyway. I'm actually a big fan of his um, – his, 1986 remake of Invaders from Mars, and I know a lot, a lot of people, of people have, uh, are. Yeah, I've heard some people talking that it's cheesy or whatever else, but uh, I disagree. Uh, the original had a, a real golly gee Willikers kind of spirit to it because it's very much from the viewpoint of the little boy, and I think he was staying true to the heart of that. Um, I, I I enjoyed the hell out of Invaders from Mars. I might have actually seen that a couple times in the theater when it came out. And you have to give uh-huh. a big shout out to amusing John Dykstra and Stan Winston for uh, 
creature and visual effects because damn it's but, a beautiful looking film there's some there's the creepy moments in that movie like genuinely creepy like the mo- there's a moment where they're putting implants into the back of necks of humans mm-hmm. and it's really friggin' frightening <laughs> it's like ugh. You know, it's pretty pretty effective work there. I, I have always thought that was good design, too. I actually think that there's a lot of people did poo-poo it when it came out. I remember that. But I've noticed and more and more people are finding this film. So, good. and that's encouraging. Uh, I had to make a confession. I've never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, so I have, really? to, I have to, yeah, I have to fix that. I have never mm. actually seen the second one. Seen one, there I've seen three and four, but I've never seen two, uh, hmm. which I know is kind of important because that's a Toby Hooper directed movie, uh, and it's got Dennis Hopper in it and a bunch of other people. And oh, Bill Mosley yeah. is in it. You know, yep. of course I got to watch it. I did notice today that it's on. Oh, stars on demand, so I'll be able to watch it after the show. So I'll let you know if I how I feel about uh, Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. So that's what I'll do after I'm off air tonight. Um, Aaron well, you Murray, know, it, uh, do you, go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say uh, just really some, quickly. Aaron, I was going to say yeah. everything that you were saying about Toby Hooper as a director and being so influential. Uh, Rob Zombie said almost verbatim the same thing that you were saying. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it's kind of funny because I, I wouldn't think Rob Zombie, uh, really a student <laughs> of Toby Hooper looking at Rob Zombie's films, but uh, apparently really, really, really influential to him. Well, I mean, he is doing the, the essentially the same story, just really inflated. Uh, when it, yeah. you, if you look, if you stare down House of a Thousand Courses, it's very, very similar. Clearly, clearly influenced. But... You know, he he took his own spin on it. Um, I, I did see something on about Toby Hooper, uh, Zombie talking about Toby Hooper, but uh, you know, but it, it was really one of the things I liked about. I have this really awesome DVD of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it has all these other cuttings and edges where they show you how they did it. And here's another thing: a lot of that stuff was done on one camera. I mean, they were repeating those sh- shots over and over again and wow. doing them exactly the same every time so they could edit. And we're not talking digital editing. We're talking, you know, old school editing, old you know, school. really taking, right. the, you know, knives yeah. and, and celluloid and, and slicing, uh, you know. And, and so, but watching them do that made me a better filmmaker because when I moved forward and I was in my one and only time I, w- I took an NYU film class, it was on digital editing and how to make, how to do pacing. And because I saw how they did it and I had one camera, I knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I shot 30 shots in for a four minute film. And the guy looks at me and goes, did you do that many shots? I go, yeah, they're only like a few seconds a piece. And he's like, okay. You know, but I got an A plus in that show, you know. So I just want to say that my project was A plus. I, I pissed on M. Shy Shamala and got an A plus. So, you know, which is easy to do. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Uh, anything about 
we want to mention about to Aaron Marie. I was going to bring you in. Do you have any feelings about Toby Hooper yourself? Uh, well, as a person who absolutely hates Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I respect where people actually like it, I guess. Um, I was sad, you know, because he did mean a lot to the genre. There are a lot of people that were influenced by him and made films because of him. Um, not to mention, I, I haven't seen Life Force. I do need to see that, but uh, but I that do would like be much more Chainsaw Massacre rally. too. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd like that. I think you'd really like Life Force. Life Force is much more up your alley. I guarantee it. Uh, it, it's almost gothic. It's pretty fun. Um, it, it's definitely like like I mean, just watch it. You'll enjoy it. It's it's a amusing movie, especially if you don't know anything going into it. It's a real lot of fun. So just just you know. Uh, so I, I is one of my favorites. My my all time favorite though of the ones not counting the the big three, uh, which is Poltergeist and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, uh, is is Funhouse, which is also on the video nasty list. I yeah. love Funhouse. I it's one of the only slashers I can honestly say I truly love. I don't like a lot of flat slashers. I'm bored by most of them, as you know. I've admitted to that quite a few times. I really like Funhouse, and I think it's because it's so well shot. I mean, it is a really beautiful-looking movie, and it's edited so tightly. Um, have any of you guys seen it? No. See? There it I is. don't think I have. Yes, I have. I watched it during one of the years of the madness. Uh, you watched it probably during the Video Nasty year. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I did. I liked it. Yeah. I liked Funhouse a lot better. It's on yeah, my list Funhouse. for this year. Oh, uh, Funhouse, Fun Poltergeist, Salem's Lot. Salem's oh, Lot. Yeah. A lot of people like. Yep. I love Stephen Salem's King lot. had very kind words to it. say for Toby Hooper. Uh, Stephen King, uh, unlike uh, <laughs> the uh, Stanley the Kubrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He had very kind words to say for Toby Hooper's uh, adaption of Salem's Lot. It's pretty good. I, it was, I, a, it was I, a really nice, faithful adaption. It was good. It was good enough, that's for sure. Um, I, I was, I was trying to think of what he did right before it. Uh, you know, we got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, then you have. Was, I'm trying to think. I had Eaten Alive. To say. Eaten, Eaten Alive. Alive. Yeah, with Robert England which followed it, and that also made the video nasty list, putting three of Toby Hooper's movies on the British video nasty list in 1983. Uh, you know, he, he, so he only not, you know, so he was notorious to begin with, but then he also, like, like his movies became these legends unto themselves. And there are people that are devoted to Toby Hooper films, and they fight like cats and dogs. Toby Hooper fans are I love their fandom because they all love Toby Hooper, but none of them agree what their favorite film is. None of them. Mm. They, they all argue on which one. Ah, I like this one. Ah, I like that one. Ah, you know, and everyone's <laughs> like, Eat Alive and, and Life Force and Funhouse. You know. And they're so diverse. If you look at this body of work, it's so all over the map. It really doesn't matter. I just think it's like a wonderful to make films. Cannibal buffet, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the spread, man. 
you get everything with Toby Hooper. And and rest in peace to him, man. Uh, he had a lot of ups and downs in his personal life, but he leaves behind a legacy that will never be duplicated. And and I'm gonna go and watch Dennis Hopper go get unhinged and and give a toast to my man. So. Uh, <laughs> So let's take a quick uh, Joker break, and then I will be back in just a moment as we take a little bit of time to change notes. Uh, and uh, it's 
become one of my favorite things I own is that set. And I pass it to my daughter. She watches it now. And I wanted to talk about Bruce Tim and his universe he created starting with that show because it's now so much bigger than that. And there's generations of kids that have been watching Bruce Tim uh, on animated television. And so uh, let's start with Queenie, though, because I know, uh, Queenie, we're, I know that you're a fan of Harley. And I'm not talking about the Suicide Squad Harley per se, but the older Harley. But where did you jump in? Did you jump in with the show or did you jump in where she got expanded in the comic books? Where, where is your entrance to Bruce Tim's universe? I was introduced to Harley in the show because that's where she was born. She was born on the show. I rewatched that episode last night, um, Joker's Favor, which is, uh, yes. I, I love that. It's like my favorite episode. It's Not so that it's good. really it's... the best. It's really good. Um, it's hysterical. Matter of fact, I just played a piece of it when I opened the show. That was what I was playing. It was Joker's Favor. Uh, but yep. uh, it's also the introduction of Harley. But Harley really didn't get much done on that episode. She's not really. No. That's actually Paul Denny, who's the writer on a lot of the show. He also gets a lot of credit because, like I said, he didn't pull punches. Mm-hmm. They're really, really good. Uh, he, he he just thought that it would just be funny to have this, like, you know, like Joker version, Harley, and he wrote it for, yep. what's the name, Aaron Marie, what's the name of the woman from Days of Our Lives he wrote the part for? Arlene Sorkin. Arlene Sorkin, thank you. I knew she knew that. Arlene Sorkin. She wrote the part, they wrote the part specifically for her. And it was supposed to be like a one-off, but then, of course, look at us now. You know, she was inspired by, she was inspired by Days of Our Lives Calliope, played by Arlene Sorkin. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, you know, which I was a fan of Days of Our Lives, too, in the 80s. I know that's a terrible (laughs) thing to admit, but it was really No, it's amazing. Days of Our Lives in the 80s was fantastic. It was the birth of it. It was so good. Anyway, so get back to the 90s, and we're watching Batman, the animated series. And um, so, Queenie, so talk yeah. about, you saw her on the show. Uh, yeah. But when did you actually become a true fan of Harley Quinn? Because she's become, not only is she, like, a villainess, but she's kind of become this, like, feminist LGBTQI icon for a lot of yep. women and men, too. Well, well, the way I've felt about her has kind of evolved the way she's evolved, you know? Like, I've gone from, like, loving her because she is, you know, the old school Harley where she wears the red and black, which are my power colors. And, you know, so let's just start there. <laughs> Association with color here, you know? Nice. And she's funny. And she's snarky. And she's evil. And I loved all that about her. And then some, you know? And she just did what she wanted. She had no fucks to give. <laughs> she only had fucks for her pudding. All right? Pudding got all the fucks. <laughs> and there's that whole abusive relationship thing she's dealing with. Like, that, that's a real thing. A really cool and interesting thing they put into yeah. a character to be real. You know? She loves a man who hates her. He doesn't give a shit about her. He's busy. 
And, and once again, not pulling punches. That was something I was re-reviewing was the episode with Harley Quinn. Yeah. And, you know, she's in a fucking negligee on his table trying to get his attention. So she's yeah, not, what like, more do you not, want? <laughs> you, know, it, it, you know, she goes, don't you want to give your Harley a ride? Vroom, vroom. Yeah. You know, you know, like, oh my, Rev you up know, your Harley. Oh my yeah. yeah. So. Rev up your Harley. I mean, it's like, oh my God, you know. I, 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 I'm actually kind of surprised that they were letting us. I mean, granted, I was in my early late teens, early twenties when it kicked in, 1992. Oh, I graduated high school in 91. Okay, so, uh, so I, I was a little bit more grown up. I can handle these, but there's some. I was like, are they really allowing us to watch some of this? Because they were. It, there was that episode. There was also one yep. with Poison Ivy. It's called oh, yeah. Home and Garden. Home and Garden is probably one of my own time favorite episodes of that any animated series. <laughs> it is it is absolutely the most twisted story, <laughs> and it it's. Uh, do you guys know which one this is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that episode a lot. Who wants to tell that this story? Do you want to tell it, Queenie or Aaron Cogan? Do you want to tell this one or? No, no, go ahead. This is. Are you no, sure? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you go. You go. Okay. So I might be. It's been. I didn't get to rewatch this one before the episode, before the show. But let me okay. see if I can remember exactly. Okay. Poison Ivy is released from prison. Okay. She has promised yep. to reform herself, and so far, in about a two-year span, has been a model citizen. Falls in love with some guy, moves out to the country, and raises two kids. Right? Happily yep. ever after. Garden, botany, she's happy. And, and of course, Batman, being Batman, doesn't buy it for a hot minute. Like, not at all. Like, no way. Of course not. She can't be that perfect. She's, but she's, like, he can't crack her. She's just perfect. <laughs> he can't crack her. And he starts to relent until Robin shows up and talks about her family. And he goes, his family goes, you know what? There's something wrong because her husband had two girls. And all this time, the twins have been boys. So oh, all of a sudden, something's wrong. Like, there's the wrong kids. So, they, so Robin and Batman sneak into her basement and find these pots. And these pods open up, and they open up. They have babies inside. And she's cultivating babies that grow quickly into little boys and then grow into a picture of what used to be her husband. Who I forget what happened to the real husband. I don't remember. He might be dead. Uh, you know, but there's like, they, so they look like that for a while, but then they turn into hideous monsters. And of course, once they become hideous monsters, they attack people and break shit and try to kill Batman because you got to kill, I to kill Batman. But so she is it is, it, it, I'm not even doing it justice. It is one of the most deranged stories. And it's all about, how she can't have she she tried to get a, give it a go with this guy, but she can't have children and she'll never be accepted by society and she just totally flips, you know. And Harley, mm. Harley, you know, Harley and her Harley becomes her balanced later on because you know when Poison Ivy's unhinged, she is massively unhinged. And I I was like you know really freaky that you know she thinks that society is going to judge her on this one thing about being a woman but you know what a lot of women mm. feel that way 
And it's, yep. and it's an amplification, especially when you're in your 20s. It's an amplification of what we're going through because, you know, we're trying to figure it out. We don't know what to do with our bodies yet, but we're trying to figure it out, you know, what we want to do, what we're going to be, who we're going to become, and we're all confused. Now, we're not going to go crazy and make pretty hideous baby bean pod creatures. That's poison ivy. But that's what science fiction is good about. That's why I like this show. It's showing issues that people have. Buffy was Vampire Slayer was very good at this, too, taking a, a, yeah. a, a real situation and amplifying it to its highest sound, highest vibe, right? The most exaggerated yep. thing you can come up with. And it becomes a metaphor for a lot of really interesting stuff. So anyway, I always thought, wow, did they really let, let us watch that? Because <laughs> it is. It's, uh, have you, do you remember that episode? It is so creepy. It was yeah, a very there was a, episode. I loved it. <laughs> there was a lot aimed at oh, adults God. and a lot of adult innuendo. I was uh, rewatching stuff uh, earlier, and I couldn't believe the bit with her in the pudding pie where she asks Mr. J if you want to try some of my pie. Like, <laughs> really? We did this show ostensibly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh. Oh man, there's there's some really like yeah they got pretty close. Yep, they also really gave shout outs to a lot. Like one of the things I loved about Bruce Timm's work is that like when he produced some of the episodes he produced were first of all uh, were 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 actually shout outs to previous animators. So you got different the the Batman animator, yeah, different designers. Sometimes there's one episode oh, yeah. devoted to one off comics, including one of my favorites, which is the one with the old Batman. In the in the tank with the female Robin and zombie apocalypse, it's like one of the coolest segments they ever did on this show. And I think it was in the Batman Return, the second set of Batman, because there's the Batman mm-hmm. animated series, and then there was Batman Returns again. And it was also like the Batman Superman animated adventures. There was all that too. Which, yeah. by the way, I want to give out a shout out to the Superman animated adventures too, because I actually thought those were well-written for what they were. It was the they first were. time I actually felt that Batman, I mean, that Superman was actually a character. I usually don't equate Superman with any kind of, like, emotion. You know, it's Superman. Like, Supergirl's Superman a perfect example. Superman does not get enough love. Superman is eternally, by the vast majority of the geekosphere, uh, is looked down upon as just a Boy Scout and just a, you know, following orders kind of guy. And Superman is so much more. And you're right, the animated Superman stretched him pretty well. Um, and I, uh, I, I, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, and uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, Batman, the animated series, did much the same for Batman. Um, you were talking uh, a little bit earlier about some of the uh, source material and uh, Comic books would definitely play. I was just rewatching um, on Leather Wings, uh, the the pilot, where we get uh, introduced to uh, Man Bat, who is one of the scariest villains I think, uh, it, it, or as as far as artwork goes, he, he can be one of the scariest. And I was catching all kinds of reference to old silent horror films. There's a little Nosferatu keyhole shot thing. And you're watching an animated cartoon. There's no reason to have that shot, shot there, except they're doing a little reference thing, and it's beautiful. 
And they were really lucky to have a well-written, well-animated show. I mean, not all the animation holds up, but they were doing it all by hand. There's not a lot of computer rendering. They didn't really do any of that until the Justice League Unlimited, which is also well-written, by the way. We'll yeah. talk about another well-produced show. Uh, but going back to uh, uh, Superman and Batman just for a minute, uh, the Superman had actually one of the most horrible deaths of any that TC universe uh, of the animated universe, and this was in the Bruce Tim era, and it was on. It was one of the two. It was I think seasons two two parter where Darkseid conquers the Earth, and mm-hmm. and we actually win. The long story spoiler. Long story spoiler. We we win. Humanity is saved. Superman is able to contact Orbit, and Orbit comes and and is able to push Darkseid back into the tunnel. While this is all going down, the head of the uh, Metropolis uh, Sheriff's Department, he has been kind of this working class hero and has been fighting these guys on their own terms. And he's rising the people up against them because Batman was out of commission for a while. And he's the true hero of the story. And just out of fight, Darkseid killed him as he's going back into the tunnel. And it is one of the most devastating things I had ever seen. And that was Superman. And at the end of it, that episode ends with a rabbi singing at a funeral with Batman, with, with Superman there in full costume saying goodbye to his friend. And it says a true hero at the bottom of his tomb. It is one of the most saddest things, beautiful things I have ever seen. And I, I'm like, what, you know, so there's, again, once again, great stuff. And and it carries on. Uh, Queenie, is there any moments or episodes that you think about, when, or or like, if any of them are influential on you, uh, and you're hmm. what you like? I think there's an episode of Batman. I'm trying to remember the character, but there's like this little girl, and she has like mind control powers, and she's dying, and like like throughout the episode, they don't realize that she's dying. And she has, like, these really superhuman powers, and Batman's just, like, trying to reach her, and then finally she confesses that she's afraid of dying. And he just holds her in his arms when she dies, and it's like, oh! <laughs> I can't remember what the character's name was at this moment, because I'm, I'm a little out of it, but uh, she's just, like, this little girl, and she's in black and white, and I think it was, like, one of those episodes with, like, the cards, the... Um, kind of Alice in Wonderland themed cards. Mm. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, you... Is it the episode? Is it part of the episode where they're all playing poker at the table, the villains, and they're telling their stories? Oh, I, I love that it's... one. Yeah. I think yeah, that's it's, the one. It's called Got em All, right? It's yeah. actually considered one of the best written episodes of animation, period. Uh, it's you so know, well it's, done. It's, I'm glad you mentioned that episode because that that reminds me, um, a lot of the stories were taken from previous comic books. There were a number of them. That's one of them that mixed up uh, a couple different things, although the individual stories that Killer Croc and uh, uh, everyone tell are different from what appeared in the comic book. But uh, they actually went back to some, like, 70s comic books, and in a couple cases, even a couple... Uh, 40s era Batman comics for their stories. Well, that uh, one is definitely a favorite of mine. 
Is there another? Uh, I wanted to say before I, I go back to Queenie and see if she could think of another one. Um, the bat from the pilot episode, it was just released mm-hmm. as a Funko Pop. So oh. um, they're releasing a line of Batman for the anniversary. So yeah. uh, they released, yeah. they just released it as Funko Pop. So Queenie, any other things, okay. you, any other episodes, mm-hmm. not necessarily all episodes, but it could just be moments and episodes like I was, you know, uh, things I've always kind of. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, actually, everything to do with Mr. Freeze. Oh, mm. my God. Mr. Freeze. It's awesome. His whole story was so painful. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <There's> so many things. <laughs> and, and I did, I totally forgot that that was completely a creation of that show. Uh, yes. Well, like, so Mr. Yeah, Mr. Freeze had been in the comic books before. But they totally changed his origin story and made it so much freaking better that uh, it actually changed uh, Mr. Freeze forever. Uh, I mean, for the good in the comic books, for the bad in that dreadful Batman and Robin live action with George Clooney yeah. and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's not my Mr. Freeze. <laughs> no. That is not my Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Even though it's ice to mutual. Oh, oh, stop it. <laughs> oh, God. So but many bad things about that. Let's, let's not go there. Heart, but Heart of Ice, which is the introduction to Mr. Freeze on the show, is also yeah. considered one of the best episodes ever, uh, oh, along with the got, got Them All. And, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, – it's very beautiful, actually. <laughs> it's, it's a really mm-hmm. great episode. Uh, it, it turns into trope. I mean, really, it, it's what happens, right? It goes to, it went from, you know, it, like Harley. Harley became suddenly more, so much more than what they were initially intending, you know, so. That's what did the show was. Uh, go ahead. Oh, that's, I was just saying that's how good the show is, you know. It just, it leaves this impact that the fans were like, we want more of that. Hmm. I was a big I, fan it, of. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. I was. I was going to say since you're bringing up individual episodes, I was a big fan of uh, the episode "The Man Who Killed Batman," and it kind of reminded me of the Worm's Eye View stories that Will Eisner and his team of writers were so good at doing in the Spirit. Uh, there was one story in particular in the spirit that, uh, oh gosh, this old humorist, uh, Pfeiffer, uh, James Pfeiffer, was it James Pfeiffer? The, uh, playwright and author had done for the spirit and the man who killed Batman is such a great, you know, uh, story. Uh, this, this nebbish character, uh, claims to, accidentally have killed the Batman and all the real villains, especially Joker are pretty pissed about it. And it's, it's just awesome. And it reminded me a lot of the kind of stuff that Will Eisner was so good at with the spirit in his book. Doesn't the Joker first get really excited and then suddenly realizes that, Oh my God, no, uh, you know, we have this thing and now we can't do this thing anymore. And kind of freaks mm-hmm. out. Right. Yeah. Every- yeah. Pretty good. Uh, so I I like that episode too. Aaron Marie, do you have anything uh, that sticks out 
in any uh, that you you think about when you hear uh, Bruce Tim or DC Universe, and it could not just be the shows we're talking about. It could also be some of the movies he produced, like the the really good animated Wonder Woman with the zombie army, which is uh, in DC. It's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I like that one. Uh, one that makes me cry is uh, he produced the All Star Superman. Did you guys ever see that movie? It is like the saddest, absolutely yeah. saddest. It's so good. I don't know. I don't think so I have. Oh. Yeah, I, it's really, first of all, it's very, very, uh, it's, it's adapted from a comic book, and it's very faithful adaptation, if I remember right. At least pieces of it are. Yeah. The actual story arc in the story is, is really, like, by the end of it, my daughter and I are, like, holding each other, and we're blubbering. Like, we're both crying oh. our eyes out. <laughs> I was like, oh, so sad. Like, you know, Lily gets mad at me sometimes when I show her sad things. And she's like, oh, it's not it's a Superman movie. It's a Superman. She's so happy at me. I was like, yeah, sometimes Superman doesn't survive happy endings either. I mean, there's not always a happy ending in Superman. Bruce Tim didn't let Superman off the hook. I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you, you can't be the like, you know, like you've got to be you know, somebody with that much power has to occasionally make mistakes. Because it's like, it's like being, you know, the universe and you're an ant and you step on an ant occasionally. You don't mean to. It just happens, right? You didn't see it. Oh, well, it's too late. You know, I have to believe that there's a whole, there, you know, that part of Superman should be explored. And and I think he actually did that by introducing, uh, I guess she was in the comic books before, but I've never saw her in media like, like television or film until Bruce Tim brought her to our attention. And that was Amanda Waller uh, and from Justice Unlimited. Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love Waller. Yeah, she's a badass. Yeah. Impressive character. Like, first of all, that she doesn't have superpowers and can like and not afraid to stand up to Superman is is oh my god. Even if she is occasionally on the wrong side of history, she's often on the wrong side of history. <laughs> but she, she's not a nice she, lady. You know, Nope. Yeah, but she's not unyielding. I mean, she 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 no. you know she she stands you know, her ground. Yeah, she she is not a yielding person, and uh, I I I really like that. Like, there's some interesting characters in these universes that we got to explore on film in, in these in these and they're direct to DVD. Yeah, uh, you know you can see a lot of these stuff. Uh, Netflix has a few of them. I think All Star Superman's on Netflix. Uh, I also like which that had a great Lex Luthor. Um, I don't did. know what the fuck they were thinking about with Batman versus Superman: oh, Dawn of Justice. I about that movie. <laughs> they had the template for Lex Luthor, and they right? fucked it up so bad. How can you fuck it up? It's so easy. <laughs> Jesus, it's Lex it's right badass. there. They've done it for you already. Look, oh, this is God. not a Snyder diss party. And believe me, I am the first to be a <laughs> Snyder diss party. Can we have one of those, please? Yeah. Oh, we, can, we have Snyder diss parties all the time. This is about loving DC Universe that works. You know, there, there's not, and not okay. all of it works. Uh, uh, you know, Justice League Unlimited, some of the computer graphics have not held up. You know, mm. the, the yeah. space station looks, it doesn't look so hot. 
but you know, but the story is still pretty badass, and it's a lot of really like strong statements about terrorism and and supreme power and imperialism. And, you know, things that were really, we talked about a lot in the 90s. It was very, very juicy 90s stuff. And you can stream that on Netflix as well, if you've never seen Justice League Unlimited. And the animation is pretty good, too, uh, you know, except for the CG part. But, you know, we'll forgive that because Hawkgirl's <laughs> a badass in that one. Uh, so, you know, Hawkgirl doesn't get enough love. I always like Hawkgirl. Not Girl. enough. She's like a yeah. not enough awesome. love. Yeah. We love you, so, Hawkgirl. Uh, yeah, man. I'll drink to hot, <laughs> hot girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Right on. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's so funny because I'm now rewatching a lot of this stuff with my daughter because she's at the age where she's been watching Justice League now for a little while. Right now she's into Young Justice, which is um, having Ooh. a new season come out pretty soon. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's pretty exciting. You know, she's got, she's all excited for Young Justice. Now she's into also Teen Titans Go, which is like the hmm. comedy sketch. It's a comedy version of, of, of yeah. Young Justice. You know, Young Justice is actually kind of cool. And this, this is just the comedy sketch thing. But she really likes it. They did have that song. Uh, I should have uploaded it. When I look into your eyes or something like that by BER and it's back in the charts because of this episode of Teen Titans Go. I'm going to have to post it for you guys. I should have uploaded it for the show. Yeah, it's obscure song. Because when I look at you, I see the story in your eyes. That's how it opens. Uh, I don't (laughs) know. And the group is called BER and they do this like 80s like power off uh, like with a dragon. It's actually a pretty funny episode. Uh, so that's, it's not really Bruce Tim, but I had to mention like this episode because I had to watch it like three times when I went to go see the Eclipse because I kept playing it over and over <laughs> again on Cartoon Network. Uh, so, uh, so Batman has always been in my life. All the all the offshoots of it have always been in my life, and here we are still talking about Batman and. Yeah. I don't think any of us have seen it yet, but on VOD and now dropping on the 29th, which is today, is Harley Quinn and Batman and Harley Quinn. Bruce Timm's return to producing uh, Batman after for the 20th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series. So um, you can, if you go Ooh. on the web, he's done a bunch of interviews, and it's really easy to find. I think he had a, a, a presence at San Diego Comic Con, if I remember yeah. right. Is that right, Mr. Correct. Yeah, yep, so yep. uh so I have heard mixed reviews about it, but you know what? Having mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy voice uh Batman is always going to be a good thing. I mean, shout out to Andrea Romero who retired this year. She's on my yeah. wish list for the show. Um she chose all these voices, including Mark Hamill for Joker and and, and you know, and Tara Strong eventually will take over for Harley Quinn, who if we know Tara Strong is probably my favorite female voice actor of all time. And of course she's on My Little Tony and she's, you know, Twilight Sparkle. But she's done right. so much more than that. You know, so much more. <laughs> so um you know, so uh so shout out to the voice actors on these shows too. Very well well casted. Um, well produced. They're just well produced. That's why we love Bruce Tim. He is a producer. Producers, we you know, producers work their asses off. You know, we sometimes are mean to our producers because they have the money and they tell us no. 
That's how it works, right? You know, hi, I need money. No, you know, that's their job. But but they really do try to, like, so they're, when they're earnest, they really try to, like, go to bat for you and help you out and give you ideas, and they become a partner, especially on things like this. So animation is all about producing. So uh, it, it's great. I'm really excited we got to talk a little bit about some geek out on Batman for a little while. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. Um, I'm trying to decide what to play, though, and I should now I'm all bummed because I don't have that song because you want it. But I know what I'll play because guess what? When we come back, we're going to go to the community calendar, and I'm, we're going to also talk about some madness news. So, Erin Marie, before we leave this story, do you want to say anything at all? <laughs> As a teenager in the 90s whose little brothers watched Batman, I only found it annoying. I'm only finding uh, I'm only finding it interesting now. <laughs> so, I have not seen that much or or done that much. That's why I've been quiet. I know. And that's good because I have the whole se- first season on DVD here at my house. And you're going to be here in a couple days, correct? Yes, I'll be there Friday. Guess, guess when I'm going to force you to borrow. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna My let fourth. you borrow it. Oh, okay. uh, I wish I don't have. No, I looked, I looked, I don't have a copy of Life Force. Alex was here. He was asking for a copy of Life Force, and I'm like, really? I would watch it with you because he didn't know who Toby Hooper was. So um, are you but kidding me? Gonna, no, he didn't. Uh, I, it's. An, but he bought me a birthday cake, though, and that was nice of him. So uh, shout out Aww. to my friend Alex. Gave me a birthday cake. Um, so uh, so that balanced it out. So, <laughs> But anyway, uh, so going back to I'm going to lend you the entire first season of Batman the Animated Series, and you're going to watch the whole thing. So actually, it's four discs, but they're all like uh. half-hour episodes. They're not that long. You can binge it pretty well. You can watch it with your kids. And you're going to come back and you're going to report to us and tell us what you think. Do I have to? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, you do. You All absolutely right. have to. You don't know shit about this, and that's good. We want you to go in fresh and just kind of like, you know, and a little bit about it and just enjoy the stories for what they are. You're not going to like all of them, but I guarantee you there's going to be a couple that will stick with you because I know there's always one or two that does. Deal. <laughs> Yay! Anyway, but we will. But you can also get a pass that you don't have to do it this weekend. I'm not going to make you start because we have to do something. We have other business first. So, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, Miss Marie. Uh, so, anyway, we're going to have a madness break, and I'll be back in just a minute. And we are going to talk about lots of cool things because guess what it's almost september and we're only a month away from halloween season this is the heavy heavy monster sound the nuttiest sound around so if you're coming off the street and you're beginning to feel the heat well listen buster you better start to move your feet to the rockin' Rock 
Yeah, you know, uh, Animation August is meant to be an easy month for me, right? Easy research, something that I can do on the side because you can always swallow a lot of animation rather quickly because it's only, you know, 15 to 20 minute pieces, right? But I ended up doing a lot of research for Bruce Tim. Uh, but on the meantime, I'm also, my birthday hit, which means that I start writing the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness. Uh, and this is our 10th anniversary. So I, I've been, like, totally, like, in my head thinking about movies, what movies are worth, how long movies are, what kind of movies they are, what I want to focus on. So I'm completely a space cadet, and everyone's looking at me going, what's wrong with you? And I keep looking at them going, it's a madness. And they all kind of step backwards, you know. Okay, I'm exaggerating. But anyway. Um, but I did want to make a mention because uh, at the start of the community calendar, we want to talk about an early bird special. Now, I often in September or August have an essay contest, but we're not doing that this year. The reason is, is because this year's focus is going to be for the madness is movies of the last 10 years, um, especially 2017, with an emphasis on zombie films, plus the greatest hits of bonus points. So there's, and I won't talk about the bonus points later, but I do want to mention that one of the first things for the madness has actually dropped. And it's time, folks. When the first official horror thing drops and opens for the madness that I give points for, that means the season is upon us. Bust out your mm-hmm. costumes. Get, hoard your candy. Go to that Spirit Halloween store. Go to that thrift store and get the used stuff because it's just as good as the Halloween Spirit store. Go get that shit. Get it. Put it out. Break it. it is time to bust out the Halloween stuff. Fall is upon us. It is September at the end of this week. It is time. After Labor Day, all bets are off. It's madness time. And so here we are talking about madness. And on 825, so the first weekend already happened, believe it or not, uh, a, a movie that is I'm not really a fan of, but a lot of people are. And it started its 4K Restoration Limited Tour. Now, Aaron Marie. Do you know what movie I might be talking about? Sexy Suspiria. Witch Film, by the way. Suspiria. Yes, Suspiria. that's right. Yep, yep. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Synapse Films has released a 4K um, uh, restoration of, of Suspiria from the original 35-millimeter negative, and they're taking it on tour. The tour started last weekend, and it plays at art houses every weekend all the way up through Halloween weekend. And I think it even goes to the first weekend in November. Uh, so there's plenty of chances to hit this 4K restoration. And so I've decided, first of all, Argento is going to be six points for all Argento movies for the oh, nice. this year. Uh, there's reasons for this. I'll explain later when I read the rules, but I'm giving a bunch of hints tonight. But the first official early bird special is going to be going to see Suspiria in the 4K restoration. If you go to that screening in particular, and there's a list, and I will post it on Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches page, as well as the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon group page, which if you want to participate, please join that group. We love talking horror in that group. 
you know, and if you go to one of those screenings, I'm going to give a flat rate of 10 points for those screenings. If you travel more than 50 miles one way, I will give you your mileage at one point an hour. So, again, an extra point for mileage. So, uh, so nice. if you did that, so go see. If you're a huge fan of Suspiria and you were thinking about going to see it, but the drive is a little far, maybe an hour, do it. Do it for horror. Do it for Halloween. Do it for madness. Go see it. And if you do do that, I am retrofact. You can go see, and it will count for points on your first summary. So, and like I said, 10 full points to go see those uh, screenings. So uh, if you're listening and you're into the madness, there it is. I made my first early bid special. But wait, there's more. (laughs) There's another one. I have an I have another early bird special, but I'm not talking about it this week because believe it or not, the next time we come back, Sexy Witches, is actually only a week away. We come back promptly on Tuesday, September fifth, to have a recap of Dragon Con and by the way, I forgot that's our dragon episode. So you'll have to your homework will be uh counting down your top ten favorite dragons. I thought we'd do it as a round robin because that's always fun. So nice. we'll talk about that later. But it's dragons time. Dragons are upon us. Uh, but I, but so I'll get I'll I'll get the that early bird special will happen next week, and that one is going to be a little bit more accessible to other people. Um, and, and if you if you know me and you know my loves and you know last year's theme, you can probably pretty much figure out what the special bonus will be early bird special next weekend not the one that's coming up but the following one <clears throat> and uh, I, I know it this, comes out that week so <laughs> yeah you do yes you do if you're on the show oh, oh by the way queenie i want to say something about your jump squares it just reminded me um i love okay. one of the things you do sometimes when you correct yourself is the picture of queenie <laughs> werewolf pops up and corrects you trivia wise i'm like oh that's the sexy witch part of her correcting herself. I love yep. that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Queen, Queenie Beast is, is uh, correcting your little Queenie Demon character. It's really yep. funny. I'm yep. like, wait, I, 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 I totally got that. Yeah, it's cute. I like that. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. Thank so you. Anyway, I, I, well, I'm made up of many characters, that. you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's just the beginning of the calendar. We got a couple more things, and if we get through it, maybe we can even book off early, though I know we, I always say that we never actually do. <laughs> so let's bring out the rest of the calendar never. and get this done. You know, oh, but, you know, it's the fall, and there's so much things to do. Oh, it's heavy, though. That's because Disney's in it, and they're always loaded. Yeah, um, so so we have, of course, like I said today, we have a D- our DVD pick of this episode of Sexy Witches is Batman and Harley, which you can get on DVD or Blu-ray, but it's already available on VOD also. So it's been out for a little while that way. So you're welcome to watch it. Uh, more, more Bruce Tim, more Kevin Conroy in our life. But... Disney is also dropping something big this weekend, too. Everyone's bringing on their A-game because it's Labor Day weekend. And in Orlando, one of the better things to do at Disney is happening this weekend. It is the Disney's Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. So that's my media convention pick of the week. 
Uh, there's actually three of them this week. But that one I thought I'd mention now. Um, Aaron Kogan. Yes. Have you ever been to the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival? I have indeed. Uh, it's Can, pretty awesome. Uh, you wander around um, mostly outside, which Florida weather this time of year, but uh, all kinds of fun added on food and booze, beverages, um, lots of silliness. Also, uh, at night, there's a special event at uh, Magic Kingdom and soon here in Disneyland, too. Uh, Theirs is uh, Not-So-Scary Halloween, and it features the single best Disney parade I've ever seen in my life, Boo to You, and lots of other silly, fun Halloween nonsense. Uh, You can actually go to the park in costume. You can trick-or-treat throughout the park. Uh, They have stations set up where you collect candy. Uh, You can get pictures taken with a lot of the more obscure characters and villains that aren't normally out in the park, and it's a great time. Well, I've heard really good things about this event, and I will tell you, when I was looking at it, because I've I've known about it for a while, it had me at Cheese Seminar. Uh, (laughs) It's like like supposedly in every area there's like cheese everywhere. And if you've got samples of cheese, I'm like completely happy with that. Cheese and fun foreign beers everywhere. And, you know, wine and all kinds of other spirits. I'm trying to remember someone gave us all kinds of fun flavored vodka in in light up glasses and I can't remember what uh, country that was but it, it's fun uh, a little pricey but recommended great so yeah that's well that's true about Disney almost everywhere now a little pricey yeah. but recommended yeah. like I said I don't feel like I feel cheated when I go to a Disney park I never feel that way I feel like for the moment I meet the security guard in the parking lot I'm completely taken care of they, they just boom mm-hmm. guest services is just astounding I don't know what they do to these people but the guest services is so good at Disney uh, but <laughs> but uh, you know but still wow I mean the walk in the door it was Oh my God! It was so much money. You got a very expensive habit, my dear. You're, uh, no wonder you have to live in yeah. one park because if you moved away, you would just be mainlining it, and it would just take all your money. So yeah, at least here, yeah. So you got to you got to <laughs> live nearby. It's just, you, it, for the sake of your wallet and your marriage, you got to live near Disney, or you'll never be happy. So <laughs> it's expensive, yeah. otherwise. Um, so, uh, and one more thing before we go on, uh, I also like to remind people and I'm reminding all the sexy witches this too, cause I know that Erin Maria has a couple near her. There's still a few drive-ins in LA. I don't know. Is there a drive-in near you in Queenie in Seattle? I know? haven't found one. I haven't found one. Yeah. I mean, there supposedly there are in Seattle or, or in Washington yeah. drive-ins. I hmm. just don't remember. I don't know if there's any near me. Probably not. I, I, I bet you it's like some little obscure island or something like that, right? Because there's yeah. all those little islands. <laughs> True. Well, I've, uh, ah, I, I looked up 
and there's three near you outside of Seattle. Oh, wow. Yeah, one's way out there. One's way out there in the Colesville Reservation, Auto View. <laughs> it's a view like that, drive-in theater. Right. Um, a little closer to Seattle, Wheelin Motor Drive-In Movies, and then the Skyline oh. Drive-In Theater, which is that they're all on the other side of Seattle. So there's three yeah. actually. There's an adventure ahead. But the reason why I mentioned drive-ins because the seasons are almost over for most of the drive-ins. But Labor Day is always one of the best times to go to the drive-in because most of the drive-ins open their stuff for camping or have all-night uh, marathons, including mine here in Benji's. And Benji's is a great lineup this year, including Dunkirk and Atomic Blonde. So, I mean, I, I, if I wasn't so busy all the time with another thing that myself and Erin Marie was doing, that's what I'd be doing this weekend is I'd be going to the uh, all-night marathon at your local drive-in. So please, everyone, support your local drive-in. So... <clears throat> Also, September 1st in Queenie, this is the time of year of dragons, uh, us, us fantasy creatures, our own ilk, go to Atlanta for a weekend and dress in horns and devils dance the night away with techno music and whatever else is going on. So Dragon Con is here. So uh, I've always wanted to go to Dragon Con because fantasy was my first love. I loved it before I loved science fiction before I loved horror um, uh, but I don't know if I'll ever make it down to Atlanta to go I mean I go to Atlanta more often than I realize but I, I don't know if Dra- Dragon Con is really hard to get near have you ever wanted to try to go to Dragon Con or fantasize about Dragon Con like some yes. of us fantasy oh yeah <laughs> definitely but it it's a lot it's 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 San Diego Comic Con for the East Coast is what it is I mean it's huge and it's really hard to get tickets and stuff, I believe. They have the whole waiting list thing that you have to sign up for and all that. Yeah, they do it by membership, which makes it a little harder. Uh, but then again, that model seems to be also San Diego Comic-Con does that too now. You know, it seems to be more and more the norm that they're doing these, like, memberships for these media conventions. Um, but um, this one is pretty big this year. And for people who can't get into the show – on the second in the afternoon, um, there's going to be their annual parade, and the boys of the Netherworld Haunted House are going to march in the parade again, which is our favorite walkthrough. It's in Atlanta. Roy Rooley of Space Off does this, did the special effects there for years and years and years. And our boy, Nathan Hamilton, who has a media convention this weekend we have to talk about in a few minutes. So it all goes all, – all of this works, works together Everyone's working together here. So um, so go to Dragon Con if you're into fantasy. The cosplay is serious. The makeup is more serious. They're the, some of the best amateur makeup effects competitions you will ever see are at Dragon Con. That's one of the reasons why I would love to go, because I'd love to see that kind of stuff. So, uh, so go to Dragon Con. Matter of fact, the guy that usually wins Dragon Con often wins Days of the Dead Atlanta, too. So there's that, uh, you know, very talented people behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, all over DragonCon. So that's in Atlanta. And um, and speaking of Atlanta, of course, the Days of the Dead brand is very popular there. That's the media convention that Erin Marie and I went to in February. It was the second time we were invited as press. I went the year before that as well. Um, they, they, they have a few smaller shows they do across the nation. And this weekend, September 1st, uh, is Days of the Dead, Louisville, Kentucky. 
So uh, first of all, let me give you the guest list for Dragon Con because I didn't actually tell you that list. And then I'm going to tell you the list for Days of the Dead. And uh, let's see, guess which one is, where is Kane Hodder? Which one is he at? Days of the Dead. Yeah, I know. It's too easy. I was seeing if you would like see if I was trying to fool you. So anyway, no, nah, he yeah, he's at Days Days of the Dead. So okay, so Alex Kainton uh from uh Doctor Who, Billy Piper's there, and this is Dragon Con. Uh Brent Spinner from he played Data on on Star Trek, he's gonna be there. Um and Carol Barrowman. The Barrowmans are always awesome. Uh Casper Van Dien and Dina Meyer from Starship Troopers and they're I even though I know the movie's of, several years old now, go to their panels. Dina Meyer and and Casper uh, 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 Van Dien know how to drop an excellent panel. So uh, they, they are so much fun. So, uh, and uh, David Yo. so I think most of the Power Rangers are there because, of course, with the movie this year, there was a big resurgence. Get this, the guy who played in Buck Rogers played Twinkie, Twinkie? Uh, Felix Silla is going to be there. So the guy is like, do you remember Buck Rogers, the 80s TV show and the little silver robot that would carry around the one with the face? Twinkie. Yeah, Twinkie, yeah, Twinkie. Yeah, he's going to be at Dragon Con, by the way. Uh, Gates McFadden, also from Star Trek. So, oh, and Gil Garrard, Buck Rogers himself, is going to be there. Who's on my bucket list to meet? I'd love to meet him. Uh, Herman Aaron Gray are both cool. So, I mean, it keeps going. You have every, probably every single uh, Carl Urban, your your boy is there. Uh, John Cusack's there. I mean, it, it's it's everyone you want to see. Dragon Con, horror geeks do it. All, everyone does Dragon Con. It's like that big. Uh, but but we still got a lot of other things too. And Days of the Dead has a nice little list too of solid, solid uh, horror lineups. So if you want to go somewhere smaller, you can go to Louisville instead. Go to go see Linda Blair and Tony Todd and Ernie Hudson. And of course, if you have Sid Haig, not too far behind him usually is Bill Mosley. And uh, one of my people, I'd love to go to this panel. Jerry fucking Busey is going to be at Days of the Dead Louisville. Wow. Uh, yeah, no. Awesome. His son, his, Jake does shows. Jake does a lot of shows. I don't know. Gary doesn't do shows very often. I would camp out for that panel. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I he did Monster to, Mania a few years ago. Oh, dude. If he, I would love to go see Gary Busey on a panel. I, I just want to hear him talk. I don't even care about what subject. I just want to hear Gary Busey talk. It would just be like, oh, my God, I'd be so excited. Uh, I love the show I'm with Gary Busey. I actually thought that was a brilliant show. I, anyway, but I didn't. So, um, but if you have Bill Mosley and Sid Haggs, it makes a complete set. You, of course, have to have Kane Hodder. And so Kane Hodder is also a Days of the Dead. Uh, but once again, a shout-out again to Nathan Hamilton, the son of Sally Lloyd out of Atlanta, um, he's been doing the secondary track um, for Days of the Dead since Atlanta this year. They're calling it the blue track. And he's doing a blue track for this one as well with a lot of independent makeup artists and filmmakers doing stuff and uh, talking about other media convention shenanigans, including how to do a, a effective cosplay, all that kind of stuff. So that's um, Days of the Dead Louisville. So uh, we only have two more things on the list because we leave for a week and then we come back. So we're going to be done here at 10.30, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh my 
Did we forget to mention? No. I was going to say, yeah, and one of them's our thing, right? Yes, yes, that's right. I was saving the best for last. All right, all right. (laughs) So anyway, all right, so September 1st, if you don't can't do any of those other awesome things because you don't have money or you're not near Louisville or you're not near Atlanta or they're just sold out of tickets in Atlanta, you can still go, and you don't have a drive-in, because face it, some people across the country don't have drive-ins, and it's terrible that they don't have drive-ins. Mm. But there, there, there's places that have very few drive-ins. Uh, luckily, there's still one more treat, and it's in a local theater you air use. So you can look it up on Fandango, and in, on September 1st, starting for a week run, week only week-long run, so one week, right, one week only, uh, Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind is, is hitting the theaters for the 40th anniversary with a brand new director's cut in 4K. It will be in theaters in the U.S. and in Canada. And it's having its world premiere at the Venezia Classica section of the Venice Film Festival this weekend. So check your local listings. And, and I saw that film first run in the theaters, and, and it is breathtaking. And it, it stuck with me for years. Even as a kid, I was absolutely floored by Close Encounters. I saw it, I think, two or three times in the theaters, actually. I went back to see it multiple times. So, um, yeah. so that is something that if you can't do media conventions, I said this is a good alternative. Go see some classic Spielberg in the theaters. Uh, nobody throws a kid performance down like Steven Spielberg, and those kids' performances in this movie are great. Uh, and, and the whole thing, the, they, it's just so good. Anyway, go see it. Um, but last but not least, myself and Erin Marie, we are going to hook up again this weekend being partners in crime, and we are going to go to the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville, yeah. Pennsylvania, home of the Blob, of course, and Blob Fest. But this time of year is a different kind of fest altogether. It's the Italian Splatter Fest. So uh, Italian Splatter Fest 6. Um, the first year without James Harris, which is like devastatingly terrible on so many levels, but I'm hoping I get to see some people and say hi and give them and, my love and, this, and enjoy. Go ahead. I was I was just gonna say this year's uh, lineup is definitely a love letter to James. Oh my God, it mm-hmm. is so good. Like like he would love every single one of these films on this list, and um, the only film I would say that would make this uh, like truly his if we were watching Fulci's Black Cat, that would be the only one I would add to this list. But um, but the list is amazing. So uh, it's five films, including a secret movie. Ooh, what could it be? I don't know. <laughs> we can't talk about the secret movie. But Mario, but the movies we do know. And I don't know the order yet. Um, this order is not the definite order. Um, I'm kind of hoping that Demons, though, is in the spot that they have it in, because that would be perfect for me. But anyway, that's different. Okay, Mario Bava's Blood and Black Lace, which I've never seen, so that would get that one out of the way. Argento's <laughs> The Blurred with the Crystal Plumage, which is one of his first movies, and it's the full-on giallo. It's not really a horror film. It's straight up, you know, serial killer, beautiful models, and some amazing cinematography. It's probably, um, Argento and I are hit or miss, but it is my second favorite Argento. I actually really like this one. James Harris gave me his copy, so I saw it because of him. And it's really beautiful. 
Like the cinematography is outstanding in that. So I love to see that on the big screen. And then, of course, we got to throw in some schlock. So Bruno Matai, the, the worst zombies ever, uh, the Guardians <laughs> of Hell um, is his film. So we're playing that. So, yay, I love Bruno Matai. It's so terrible, wonderful. I love the messy messiness of, of Bruno Matai movies. And, uh, and the thievery. They often, he, thieves, he thieves on some goblin scores occasionally. So <laughs> I, I, I think it's hysterical. Um, and, of course, the film that I convinced Erin Marie that there was value in Italian horror films because she had tried and tried and get, was about to give up. And I said, well, <laughs> let me give you Demons. Demons. So Lamberto Barvin's Demons. Oh, yeah. And, and we, we, we show, they played Demons, too, a couple of years back, but they actually have not played Demons. And I know, and I've actually seen Demons twice this year for different reasons. I just happened to catch it twice. So this would be like Me my too. first time seeing Demons this year. It's one of my favorites. Um, but oh, it'll yeah. be my first so, time I, in the theater, so it's going to be extremely exciting to get to see it on the big screen. Oh, and especially Ooh. that theater, because it's kind of creepy. You know, that theater's old and, and dated, so it, it's going to add to the atmosphere. You know, it's awesome. <laughs> And then, of course, it's awesome. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say Demons 2 was the first year I attended, so this will be my third out of the six years that they've done it. Half yeah, the time, I didn't that's do good. It. I didn't do it last year, uh, but I am definitely going to do it this year. And I'm going to sit through – I'm probably going to take a break during Demons, but I am going to sit through all the other films, and especially the mystery movie – I can't wait to see what it's going to be. Um, it, it, according to its listing, it's a awesome mystery movie. So anyway, so Italian Spreader Fest and one final hit for the madness, by the way, Dario Argento, Lamberto Bava, Mario Brava, and Bruno Matai will all be six-point automatic triple bonus directors this year. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be a uh, Italian horror is going to be top points this year. So uh, I'm having Woo-hoo. so much fun putting this year's greatest hits of the madness together. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that in two weeks or in two episodes from now on the September 19th. That's going to be the live read of the Halloween horror movie marathon madness. So mark your calendars, but we'll come back in only a week folks. I know the endurance, it's hard to do, but we're going to do it. We're going to come back a week on September 5th. We should have, I should have someone calling in from Atlanta to recap uh, Dragon Con for us. And we will talk about our favorite dragons in film, television, and literature. Because all of us love monsters and dragons go in. And by the way, Game of Thrones just ended. That was the last thing I wanted to talk about. Speaking of dragons, what do you think? Mm, a lot of fan service, but an awful lot of fun. Uh, we, we'll talk about this more on our next episode because we do want to talk about the dragons of Game of Thrones. If we're going to talk about dragons, we can't. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, the, uh, they're the elephants in the room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, mixing metaphors. But we saw our evil zombie ice dragon. And I, I all I want to say is that the only character I gave a fuck about this year was Tormund. <laughs> so oh, everybody else, yeah. everybody else can go away. I, I Tormund was awesome, but we'll talk about what that about more Patrick? later. So, pa- oh, Patrick was awesome, and so was Gendry. I liked Gendry, and Davos was cool yeah. too. But you know, still. But anyway, 
We'll talk about Game of Thrones on the next episode because that's the dragon episode. So, Queenie, any final thoughts? And then we're going to start closing down for the night. Mm, no, not really. I think no. we've covered everything. I think we've covered right. everything. Except Harley's oh, back, dra- of course. Oh, and, and you have some dragons in mind, right? I'm thinking about dragons. I'm not sure what my favorite dragon is yet, but. Hmm. Well. Well, we'll do one of our round robins, and that's always traditional to do around here. We do our, we read our top five, but we have a top ten, and I'll, I'll get the rules on the next episode. But we always like to read our dragon. I just thought it would be fun to, to pick, yeah. you know, talk about our favorite dragons that way. And so, Queenie, thank you for being on the mm-hmm. show, and I hope you can join us next week. I know that flipping back to back is 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 tough sometimes, but it was the only way we could get the madness yeah. in the right spot. So that was kind right. of important. So, um, and um, Aaron Kogan on the West Coast as well. Thank you for coming in and but, talking to Tim with us. Uh, sure, you'll probably sure. have, you're off the hook for next week. You don't have to be here for Dragons. Uh, but um, if you want to come back for the live read, the week after that, that's completely up to you because I know you're thinking sure. about being a contestant. So uh, I'm, I'm, you know, you I'm call, definitely going to be a contestant. When you call yeah. in during the live read, I give you five points. So uh, you know, <laughs> well, I would be that. here for the live read. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, I, cool. I should mention. And uh, and, a few and, things. and Aaron Marie gets she only gets two because she's a work handicap. But because if you call in because you're a correspondent, you get five. But I give her five too because I'm nice. So anyway, nice. you're nice. You get the five point handicap. So anyway, uh, so you, know, look, you don't even have to work hard and you're already making points for the madness, you know, so go see the Suspiria 4K restoration, make some points. And Aaron Marie, thank you. I will see you in a couple weeks. And then we're going to talk about Batman. I want to really, I want you to give these shows, these shows a shot. Okay. Aaron Marie. Yes. You're not. I said I really want you to give these shows a shot. So you've got, you know, give her the open mind. All three of us love Batman, these shows in particular. So give them a I shot know. and see if you like them. Watch them with your kids. <laughs> your kids will probably like them. Well, watch them with Lily. Lily will like that too. The evil genius likes these. So. It, is it weird to say the reason I don't really like cartoons like that is just because they're serious cartoons? If I'm going to watch cartoons, I want my shit to be funny. Oh, but there's, there's a, lot a lot of funniness of funny. on these shows. Yeah, it's eh. really well written. So I like a little bit of everything. So that's how I feel about it. But anyway, no, no, thank you for being really good humor in these. Think about your dragons. Think about it's Batman. It's like reading and... Prince Valiant to me. No, <laughs> no. Oh, and Erin Marie, I will tell you this about the dragons next week. You are allowed to count Scalavant. <gasps> Yay! Yay! Ted Cooper. Oh, Ted Cooper. I super believe in Ted Cooper. <laughs> I do too. I have the T-shirt. <laughs> I have the T-shirt. I know all the words to my dragon pal and me. Oh, I love that. Okay. I will make sure that I upload my dragon pal and me song too for for the show. It's the best so, song I in think, the whole damn series. It'll be really fun. It, I think next week's going to be fun, and it's just going to be us sexy witches. So, except for I might have a, somebody calling in for Dragon Con, but it'll be like a recap for fifteen minutes. So mostly just us. So, anyway, guys, 
We're out of here. I don't know what the heck. I didn't actually load any music for, for a closeout. You know what I usually do, right? But I didn't tonight. So I'm just going to pick something randomly I have here. And what are we going to play? How about the love thing to Mystery Science Theater 3000? That's always a good yeah. way to go out, right? All right. Yeah. All right. So because also this is the second to last episode of our regular season and then it's to our special episodes for the final, the best of and all that stuff. And Mystery Science Theater 3000 will definitely be part of our best of episode in November. These are a few of our favorite things. But in the meantime, come join us again on the 5th of September as we recap Italian Splatterfest and talk about Dragon Con and our favorite dragons. All of this coming to you from Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls Perspective. I am the Head Hauntress, and thank you again for all my sexy witches. Thank you for the Necrocasticon for guest hosting on the, their next two episodes. I really was flattered that they invited me on. And thank you for listening, whoever is out there, because we couldn't do this without you. We will continue to do this whether you're out there or not, but really we know when you're there. <laughs> makes us want to do it all the more. So we'll leave you with Mr. Science Theater 3000. Good night now. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.